We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you. Or maybe you're commuting to work. We are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Hi. Hey. Merry Christmas. Oh. Are we going to release this on Christmas? We could, right? Like a little Christmas gift for everybody? Are we a gift? I don't know. (laughs) You're a gift. You're a gift. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about how friendships change when you have a baby. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about women working together, what it's like to be women business partners. And then we'll talk about about Christmas. Yes. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about women business partners first. All right. What is it like? It's like I have two marriages. Yeah, it really, really is. Yeah. Although we do say that we probably could live together. It's true. Because we know what it would be like. Yeah, there's times where I'm like, let's just send the dudes together and then we'll live together. Yeah. Because there's just days where I have better days when we're together. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would say there's an emotional piece there where sometimes I feel like I'm looking out for how two important people in my life feel. (laughs) That's really accurate. Like sometimes when I wake up, the first thing I think about is you. (laughs) Aw. How was Sarah today? That's so nice. (laughs) I think, and maybe that's a bit fresh, right? Like I think... Yeah, we, I, it's been the last six months, I think, that we've avatared our tales together. That's true. But even I'm talking about, like, the last two weeks have been a little rough in my house, so maybe right. you've been thinking yeah. about me a little That's more. That's true. That's just true. Just checking in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are, so I know we've talked a lot on here about cycles. We're very cognizant of where each other um, are mm-hmm. in our cycles at all times, so just because it's fairly opposite so we kind of know like at that point as a gauge where each person might be at and then um what day are you right now I think I'm like 20 yeah something like that this is a good day for us because neither of us are either at a high or a low yeah there's no hot zones right now like I'm day seven so if you're someone who's listening who I'm gonna avatar you at 22 and you're on the pill and you're like, what are you talking about? In essence, if you think about the four stages of your cycle, like winter, spring, summer, fall, mm-hmm. winter is your bleeding time. Spring is this like neutral zone, which mm-hmm. is where Lara is right yes, now. In spring. Summertime is like this hot, productive, busy, um, sexy time yeah. where you're like, let's get all the things done. I'm not going to sleep. Let's I'm going to be crazy. Go to Barney's and sit on the patio. Yes, all the things. Super horny. And then <laughs> fall is like another kind of neutral zone, like um, like spring, yeah. you're heading. But then also fall gets PMSy. It can. It can be a grump. Like, you know where, how there's great fall days, but there's also those terrible fall days. I didn't swear there. Maybe we won't need an explicit on this one. <laughs> like a really gray, muddy, yeah. nasty oh, fall day. Rain. 
Yeah. So yeah. like if you're getting PMSy, which I've only started to notice recently, and I I wonder if it's like as I'm getting older or if it's just the growing up with boys thing yeah. that like I never paid attention to that. But to me, that that late fall part part is way worse than the crisp. Um, cozy fire of winter mm-hmm. where you can just sit down with a blanket and a candle and be like, cool, I'm checking out right now because I'm allowed because I'm bleeding. Yeah. Both of us definitely are not thriving day 23 yeah, to 27. To 20, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So neither of us are there right now. But um, yeah. What else do we want to say about Business working together? Why did we start working together? So we started working together because we were talking about birth at the gym all the time. Our coaches um, were getting very annoyed. They're like, guys, are you here to work out or are you here to socialize? We're like, both. Yeah. But predominantly to socialize. Yes. <laughs> and so you want us to do some fitness? Okay, mm-hmm. sorry about that. Um, we both did our doula course. Lara did it first. I did it a year after, after we had our first pregnancies. And then we were working independently. And then after a while, we were like, we need each other for backups yeah. and for like decompression of births. And so if you're a doula listening and you don't understand yet what decompressing after a birth is, you probably have only done a couple of births. Maybe they've went really well. But when you have your first like client who's planning a vaginal unmedicated birth who ends up having an emergency cesarean or you see your first episiotomy, you need to talk it out with somebody who gets it. Or you feel like you did everything to help someone along and everything, you just got stuck at every juncture. Like, yeah. it's just, you need you, to talk out how it all went down. You need someone to remind you that you are not responsible for outcomes. Mm-hmm. Every single time. It's true. Yeah. I feel like we get better with age, which is why eventually we'll be doula mentoring. Mm-hmm. 2021. But what else about female business? So we started the business over two years ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Over two years ago. And we had another partner. Yeah. There was three of us. Yeah. And that ended. Yeah. And I feel like that ended well, actually. Yes. Um, she owned two other businesses as well. So it's a lot of energy and a lot of work in the beginning for not a lot of return mm-hmm. to put a lot of energy into building something new. And so... You and I, I think, had more capacity mm-hmm. for putting in a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Yeah, and it feels good now. Yeah, I think our communication is incredible. Mm -hmm. I think we both are learning every day more to trust each other that neither of us are leaving. Yeah, for sure. In that way, it really is a marriage. It's true, yeah. Like I said to you the other day when we were talking about putting on online courses, I'm like, hey, I'm all in. I've got no plan B. I've got no contingency plans. Whereas I think coming at this we're both very individual. Mm-hmm. You've come at this with having run a successful individual massage therapy practice for a lot of years. Um, I came in as an independent and it, you know, you just have a lot of your own ideas, your own plans, your own babies, your own stuff that you're attached to. And then I think finally now we're in a spot where we're like, okay, what is mine is yours. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It feels good. I wish we had more like troubling things to talk about with female business because I think that's what people would expect. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would assume drama, Mm -hmm. maybe because there's only two of us now, that's a little bit better. Yeah, it was harder to like do communication three ways for sure. Um, This way there's no triangulation. There's no talking behind each other's back. There's like, I'm either going to confront you and talk to you about something that's bothered me or I'm not. Um, 
And I mean, so in that way, we're a bit different that way. Like, I think there's things that I think would bother you and they just don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I can talk on the phone to Lara and eat an entire apple. And she'll be like, cool, didn't even notice. <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, why are you eating an apple while you're talking to me? It's Call probably me bothering later. you that I'm gulping my coffee inside <laughs> you. Like, she's secretly seething. <laughs> no, but then I... <laughs> I feel bad to like bring something up because I'm like, well, that wouldn't bother you. But I have to really honor, we've been learning a little bit about human design. And so um, I'll give you an example. Like Lara is a sacral authority decision maker, which means she makes a decision kind of quickly and she doesn't regret it. So even though she could make it fast, it's not like a week from now she would regret that decision. It was the right decision for her to make. I'm an emotional authority, which means if a decision has like an emotional charge to it, then I need to sit with it longer. The part for me around honoring both of our styles is to not say that one is better or worse than mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. I can dog on myself pretty quickly and say like, why can't I just make a decision faster? Because you like, can't. And I just can't. And yeah. it can be as simple as something stupid like phone cases where I'm like, <laughs> I took five days to choose a phone case. And I'm sure Lara's like, can we order the phone cases already? But for me, I'm like, I'm going to look at this thing every day. And if I hate it, I'm going to be pretty darn grumpy about it. And there wasn't one that I was just like. Called to. Called to initially and immediately. I had to like really sort through them and feel into like, which one fits me. Yeah. I haven't prepared you yet, but really you're going to want to change it seasonally. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's a little shiny and slippery. I would like one with a bit more a grip. more matte. Yeah. A little more yeah, grip. Yeah. yeah. Let's, we might as well start searching now. Yes. Yeah, so then they're point. here by April. Yeah. I'm just happy my phone didn't break before the case came. That was my only concern is if I smashed this thing before the case comes, you were smart and didn't use yours until your case came. I could not resist. <laughs> my phone was like unloaded for two weeks. It was brand new phone sitting in just the cupboard. sitting there. I don't know how you do that. Although I did that with these pants today. Oh. I got these pants two weeks ago and I didn't want to wear them last Thursday because I was bleeding and I didn't want to wreck like a great outfit on a bad day. But today I was feeling good. I'm like, I'm wearing those new pants with my matching bralette and I feel great. You look great. <laughs> Such a good color. Um, okay. Friends and friendships changing when you have babies. Oh, man. So I'm assuming when someone asked us this question, they wanted us to talk about this on the podcast. Um, I'm assuming they're talking about a friendship where one has a baby and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you go into it together and you're around the same time, it actually makes your friendship way better. Yes. People that were having babies around the same time I was, like you can text them with the things that your friend with no babies would not tolerate. Like I had a friendship circle of um, four of us. One of them, bless her heart, actually was a nurse and is single, has no babies and she was on that call. And I, or that text loop, and I honestly don't know how she tolerated it, but like literally every day, it would just be like, hey, how was your night? Oh. And then we'd be like, it sucked. I was up three times. And it wasn't like you needed, you know, advice or someone to tell you to do something different. It was just like, I hear you. I'm tired. I'm going to have a coffee. I'm going to try and have a nap today. Mm-hmm. And just being heard every day. Oh, so amazing. So your closest friend friends had babies at the same time as you. Really? So a one, lot of them. some of them, I mean, it was more, it kind of just morphed into a, a, like what it was. I mean, one was a friend, two were friends. One was my 
sister-in-law mm-hmm. and it was just like this this text group that kind of stuck around for like two years that's amazing i uh was not that way i was one of the first out of all my friends to have a baby so i joined a mom group and those people became those people they were new people to me and then they became my late night Facebook messenger groups or my, we, so we did, um, just beginnings, which is a group that Marymount does. And it was four weeks. And then we all exchanged phone numbers. This feels surreal talking about this during COVID because none of this would be possible, Yeah. but we all exchanged phone numbers. And then we met once a week. They were all off for a year. I was not, but I kept my Tuesdays off so I could keep getting together with them once a week. And that was so important. So Finding friends who are in the same stage as you matters. It does. I'm just thinking about the mom and baby group that we ran pre-COVID. Oh. And both six-week groups at the end did the same thing, exchange numbers. And even now I see them on Instagram. Oh. They always tag each other. I feel like we're like friendship godmothers. Oh, I love it. Them. I love them. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. And they, they are just always posting pictures of stuff. I mean, now they yeah, it's more tagging each other and talking to each other and sending love. It's not as much about hanging out, but no. um, yeah, those were like new friendships where they're all in the same boat, just so valuable. So the change, I guess I don't have any advice about what you do with your old friendships mm-hmm. um, other than to, you know, be trying to be as transparent as you can Yeah. to say like, I love you. This is me. This is not you. And I just don't have the capacity to do the things I used to do right like you don't have the I don't know whatever it is you used to do before with your single friends um you just aren't doing it anymore or you're gonna bring a baby with you maybe yeah I I can talk about this endlessly do it so I had both sides of the spectrum so my high school friends who love listening to this podcast and will like snapchat themselves listening to the parts where I talk about them so Heather shout out Um, Heather had Madison, her daughter, when she was 21 and we were, here comes the explicits. We were assholes. Like we were absolutely terrible jerks to her. Like Madison was three months old and we wanted to go out and we were like, just leave her at home with a bottle with her dad and come out to the bar. That is horrible. You just didn't get it. No, we didn't get it. And we were not very nice. And after I had babies, I definitely doled out a lot of apologies yeah. for being a terrible friend. Um, and then when I had my own baby and most of my friends had not, I definitely had a case of keeping up with the Joneses. Okay. Especially even being pregnant. Yeah. So they all say like they barely remember me being pregnant because I was like in Mexico out at Coco Bongo's till four in the morning, 20 weeks pregnant. Oh, like this won't affect me. Yeah. This ain't going to slow me down. And it didn't. Um, and then similarly, because my maternity leave was so short, I maybe rested for two months, but then the babies would come occasionally to like parties mm-hmm. and they would just be there. Um, I think I did a little bit less, but it was the summer. So yeah, babies were around a lot and I didn't complain very mm-hmm. much. I almost did my childless friends a disservice. Oh, because they, they had their expectations uh-huh. and I were like, hey, look at Lara. She bounced right back and there yes. wasn't the truth behind the scenes. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. I feel like your first experience was like my third. So, I mean, having twins first, it was just total shutdown. Like there was an election going on and I had no idea. But it was just so demanding of me physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, sleep was not happening that I just literally was doing nothing but sitting on the couch and breastfeeding. So I had Jacob, my third, and I mean, I did a bunch of dumb things. I went back to the gym at three weeks. Mm -hmm. I remember moving a box with my leg sideways and I remember my hips like clunking. It was the most disgusting feeling ever. Um, Jacob would have these like glorious four hour naps. He would sleep and wake up for like a quick 10, 15 minute feed in the night. So I just like pushed myself way too hard, way too fast and was like, let's have all the babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Friendship. So... I don't, there's probably people who don't have kids yet who listen to this. Mm -hmm. So how do you be a good friend to somebody who has had a baby and you have not yet? Yeah. So I was even thinking about this this morning as I was texting someone who um, just had twins and I'm remembering and thinking through what she's doing. So I'm thinking, okay, she's either feeding a baby or she's pumping or she's trying to get herself some breakfast or she's trying to get a shower And you've got two babies and two adults and two hands. And like, there's just not, so anything you think about ever taking personally, like Mm -hmm. cut that off real fast. They don't have time to to take anything personally. No. So I remember this with our twins. We named one and not the other on the first day. (laughs) And three days later, we finally named the second one. And I remember we like kind of let everyone know and we missed my brother on that list. And they got really upset and thought it was personal. And I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, we don't even have the time and space and capacity to even think about doing anything vindictive or personal. So I would say if you're a friend of someone who's had a baby, nothing, nothing, nothing is personal. Don't make assumptions about what they're feeling. And reach out. Like I think sometimes they could be sitting there lonely and thinking, why is no one thinking about me? Um, So yeah, I guess that'd be my advice. Try and swallow your own feelings Mm -hmm. for a sec and, and reach out. And yeah, take care of them for yeah. a bit. Message them and say, hey, I'm just thinking about you. I know you're probably busy, but I'm here. If you want to text or chat on the phone whenever you have time, let me know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not like um, the first week because in the first week, everyone wants to know your birth story for themselves and that's yeah. not helpful for them. No. Um, but yeah, and we've talked about this before, like reaching out and telling them what you're going to do. So instead of saying, if you need anything, because I think sometimes when you're in that emotional postpartum blues or postpartum anxiety or depression, you're not going to ask for what you need. But if someone says like, hey, I'm going to bring you a coffee. Hey, I'm going to stop by and do this or do that. Then, you know, you let them and Mm -hmm. you appreciate it. Accepting help is such a practice. That's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts of Untamed where Glennon Doyle talks about the kids in the basement and how... The mom comes down and says, does anybody want a snack? And the boys are all like, yeah. And the girls are like, no, I'm fine. So now whenever I'm at a client's house doing in-home massages, they often will say like, do you want a glass of water? I always say yes. Even if I am not sure if I want it, I just say yes. And then the water's there in case I want it. And cause I'm never going to ask for it. Totally. Yeah. So start small mm-hmm. as a human accepting help so that when you do have your baby, you can accept help and I think your friendships will feel better that way because 99% of your friends want to help and they just need instructions on how. And I think the deeper part of accepting help is this idea that if you need help, 
there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. or you're not good enough or well equipped enough or you you know you're somehow flawed in some way and really for there to be the community in the village that you so deeply crave it requires that level of acceptance in the beginning I know sometimes when I'm I maybe pre-covid when I'm at Costco and I or a grocery store and I see a mom with a baby or two babies or a toddler and I'm behind there scrolling on my phone I have no kids with me and I can remember, you know, thinking about the one time someone loaded my groceries onto the cart mm, or onto yeah. the, what do you call it? The thing? Tongue. Belt? Yeah. Belt. For me. And I was like, I could have cried because it was just such a help because you're getting so hot and sweaty yeah. trying to manage and wrangle kids while that's happening. But I'm like looking for opportunities sometimes like that. And it always shuts you down when someone's like, I got it. Oh, thanks. I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely the piece where you have to be willing to accept the help, too. Yeah. Another big thing for me when I had babies was Ryan had fire practice every Monday night. And my cousin Katie, who didn't have kids at the time, would come over every Monday night from 7 until 10. And she'd be there at bedtime. So sometimes that would mean me going in and out of a bedroom, nursing a baby on and off for the first hour and a half. And she was always so patient. She would just sit there and wait and pause the bachelor or bachelorette. And then once the kids were finally asleep, I would get to sit there and have an adult chat, not about babies, with somebody. It was so helpful. She has her own kid now and is pregnant with her second. And I don't have the capacity to do that for her. And also it's COVID, so I can't. Mm -hmm. And that kills me because it mattered so much to me. Mm Mm-hmm. She needs a friend with no kids to do it I know, and she needs not a pandemic. True. Yeah. Everyone needs not a pandemic. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a buzzkill for those kind of things. But I try to call her. She likes talking on the phone, so that helps. Do what you can. What about people who are choosing to never have children as a friend to somebody who's a mom? What are those friendships like? Do you have any friends who are choosing to not have kids? Hmm. I I don't I don't know. Do I? I mean, I have friends who are kind of not there yet and working on it and mm. I I have single friends who want kids in the future. Um that's a I mean, that's an interesting friendship too is the people who are trying. Mhm. That's hard. Yeah. They're blessed angels, really. Oh, such a hard time. Yeah. And just manage in the limbo. Yeah. Of like every time you don't have a successful try or a month with a negative, and then you project forward another nine months and you think, okay, so we thought we maybe would have a December baby and now we'll have a January in there. And it just, your life feels like it's on hold. And so many of those people don't feel comfortable talking about it. Please, if you're listening to this and you're trying and you feel called to talk about it with somebody do it because people want to listen they really do it and makes i really me so hope sad they don't silver lining you no or dismiss your feelings find a new friend <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you about it it's if you want true. to message us and talk about the fact that trying is terrible mm-hmm. or we can set you up with um there's some great groups on there like we have a client who's hiring us who went through ivf And she's found an amazing community on Instagram. They seem to really be there for each other. So open yourself up to that stuff. Search hashtags 
yeah i'm thinking find like your people how are people making new friends in a pandemic that's kind of a it's a weird weird world weird world speaking of weird world how are you doing this christmas season um it's a roller coaster okay i would say most decembers i'm so busy that i don't even have time to think right for massage therapists you just everyone wants to use up all their benefits in december yes so usually it's insane um it's low level busy right now but not nuts like i had my two last clients of the day cancel monday tuesday both of my 8 p.m's canceled so i did not have to work till nine which was a blessing um and totally fine and they're just rescheduled for during the day later on in december I think it feels actually a little bit better to me because I don't have Christmas parties Friday, Saturday, Sunday of every weekend of December. Yeah. So there's parts of it for me that feel a little bit better, but then I hate that we're constantly talking about the pandemic, but there's like the sadness of the people that we're not going to see or my little brother is not going to come celebrate Christmas with us. So I'll just see my one brother who we own a business with and my mom because she's our childcare. So coming to terms with how different it's going to look this year. And it's a gray area. Like I feel like you can be excited for a slow Christmas and a more intimate Christmas, more quality time spent with the kids, less time rushing them out the door with cute outfits, hair done, all of that but also like still be sad yeah for sure how are you i'm not loving the short days this year i've been feeling cold a lot and i've been like cranking the heat in the house i feel like the only time i'm warm is when i'm at the gym it's been a really weird i don't know there's something different in my body maybe i've done too many ice baths yeah been trying some wim hof ice baths and i'm like did i actually damage my hands and feet did you book to go to quantum to sit in the sauna soon i bought like a five package yeah. i just haven't um booked any of them mm. in the calendar yet i should definitely do, you that. Should do that i feel like Maybe a that'll hot, warm your soul yeah like an infrared yeah. sweaty yeah like i wore pants to the gym yesterday oh that's, that's not like, like you no usually i'm i'm shorts or capris because i just need that extra bit of skin to let yeah. out some heat but yeah did the gymnastics with the pants and a long sleeve shirt i was that's like who am weird. i you said well you saw the toes of the bar I'm yeah like, you wore a long toe. sleeve shirt and pants that's very strange for you Usually I am training in a hoodie and a toque and pants. Yes, so you like to be... I like to be really thermal. thermal. Blanket. <laughs> That's not me, no. I also don't work out hard enough to sweat most well, of like the time. Everyone, so. was, everyone was peeling off sweaters and in tank tops and I was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like it was just really hmm. weird. But yeah, no, I would say um, I'm... Whew, I am and sad that we're not going to have the big family Christmas on either side. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a kind of a drive-by from either grandparents <sighs> where they're going to drop off gifts. And um, we did get to see my brother from Regina. They came over for a visit um, in November, which, I mean, Regina was super, super low cases. And I'm glad they came right before mm-hmm. we started going into orange and then red. Um, so I got really to see smart. them. Yeah, it was sweet. And then I, my, I have a brother in Mexico, and then I have another brother. Um, I don't know if we'll see them or not. Um, and then my husband's family, I mean, the one sister and family are in the Ukraine adopting a little boy. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It does feel 
kind of lonely. I am definitely curating a few lists of like things to do because I like boredom is one of up there with one of my biggest fears because I feel like things get dark when I don't have enough to do, which um, Lindsay Martin's shout out uh naturopath normalized for me the other day in terms of human design i'm a manny gen oh which you can't means be bored i don't like to be bored i always thought it was like because then the dark monsters from under the bed would come out yeah but she's like yeah sure that but also in a not dark way it's just that you love to be um creating and doing and having your hand in a lot of different things which makes so much sense remember when you did that post about me you're like okay mm. you're doing you know, pottery and cooking and the piano and like all the yeah, things. Yeah. And that's where I feel most lit up and alive. So I think I just don't like being damp, dampened. Mm-hmm. I don't like being damp either. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, that's, I guess that's how I'm doing. Are you done your Christmas shopping? No. No. See, and this is where, let's talk about what Christmas was like. Okay. As a kid. What was Christmas like for you as a kid? So... We had no, like, my parents moved here from England. We had no gifts coming from, like, anyone else. Like, no grandparents. Mm -hmm. So we did these weird, funny, like, pillowcases in the hallway the night before. We're, like, a huge stocking, basically. We didn't have a tree. And then we would do, never had a tree. Which I think was, like, a Christian pagan coming out of, like, are we supposed to have a tree? Are we not? Are we worshipping a tree? Are we not? Hey, you have a tree on the front porch. I love that. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Two trees. Sidebar. Sidebar. (laughs) Nice. Um, So we would fill their bags. We would do gifts, like, kids for each other, for the parents, parents for us. And that was, like, our entire Christmas, Christmas morning. So now we've got, like, both sets of grandparents here in Canada, Toronto and Guelph, and the one set of grandparents buy a ton of stuff for the kids mm-hmm. to the point where I've usually handed their entire Christmas list to them. Wow. And I'm like, what's left for me to buy? So I think, yeah, I need to get a couple things for stockings and some little gifts. I feel like you guys make a bigger deal about birthdays. Maybe. Like your kids get great birthday gifts. Yeah. My one son's birthday gift still hasn't arrived. Thanks, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> I feel like he's chill about it though yeah i finally told him what it was oh did yeah. you yeah we got him a dirt bike um and it was supposed to get here october 25th yeah it's gonna be a christmas gift maybe maybe did you guys go to gift. church for christmas when did you go to church so we didn't really have like a no church like yet. a church ceremony kind of special christmas thing but i think that's like remember we talked about this last week like I don't know that if you actually look up when Jesus was born, I don't oh, think it actually, actually was Christmas Day. So I think we didn't really do like a Christmas ceremony mm. kind of thing. But anyway, you can Wikipedia that later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that in the what fact check it? that doesn't exist. <laughs> we still don't know if it's Briars or Briars. <laughs> oh, we didn't look that up? No. <laughs> oh, shoot. What was Christmas like for you as a kid? Um, so I would always, well, my brothers would probably wake up first. And would bring all of the stockings into my room. And then we would open our stockings while letting our mom and dad sleep in. So open all the stockings and our stockings were the best. Like my mom was so As if your parents let you all open the stockings yeah, without, without them. them. I know. Wow. And then with gifts, were you guys all open at the same time or one at a time? No. Okay. So this is like a really important part of Christmas. So we would open our stockings then we go down and wake them up and then my dad would have to make coffee for both of them and then we would always sit on the floor so where the christmas tree was in our childhood home we had a first house 
But then my parents built an epic house. So we would all put our big floor cushions that my mom made, sit on our floor cushions around the Christmas tree, and then it is one present at a time. I cannot stand opening all the presents at Oh, I can't either. Like, so much time and effort goes into them. I, like... I want each one to be open one at a time. We always do that. Like yeah. go around the room. Yes. And if someone's getting low on gifts, then mm-hmm. we skip them. Yeah. And then so that we're all kind of ending yes. with one gift. Love yeah. that. So do you get any gifts now for yourself? Like I feel like with our family, it's like grandparents buy for the grandkids and we buy for the grandparents. Um, but like we don't have any gifts. No. So actually I'm really spoiled. Okay. Uh, so my parents split up when I was 25. 25? 25. Um... So that first Christmas, we, my mom had moved out, but my mom came over still Christmas morning. And ironically, this is one of my favorite Christmas memories. It was one of the hardest Christmases, but I was pregnant and my dad got me a minivan. (laughs) Oh, just a minivan. And my dad is like the funniest person. He loves dad jokes. He just loves cheesy stuff. So he was so excited. My little brother had set up a video camera to tape my reaction and he had borrowed this van. I didn't get to keep it. (laughs) He borrowed this van and had pulled it into the garage the night before and put a big bow on it and everything just to make fun of me for being pregnant. And he was so proud of himself. So what did you actually get? (laughs) Oh, I got an iPad, (laughs) which was pretty great too. (laughs) Wow. Minivan slash iPad. (laughs) Yeah. So the minivan thing was hilarious. Um, also another Christmas tradition, my brothers and I would always sleep at my parents until we had kids. Oh. So naturally that went away when my parents split up, but also that was when I had my first baby. So that was nice that it ended together. So what about, <laughs> um, cause I remember this becoming a thing. So you start dating someone, mm-hmm. get married and like, how did you decide with you and Ryan, like, is Christmas Eve, is your parents or is his parents? Again, as a spoiled child, I was not not sleeping at my childhood home for Christmas. So <laughs> yeah, until we had Everly, it was sleepover, watch Christmas movies with my brother. I remember, this is before having Everly, I remember my brother and I having an entire evening conversation watching Napoleon Dynamite and Googling placenta recipes. <laughs> Which is hilarious where we are now. That is funny. Oh, you mean like you weren't even in the world of No, I was not even a doula, nor had I had a child yet. But we were looking at placenta pancake recipes and placenta lasagna thinking it was hilarious. Wow. So I do still get a gift from my dad and his girlfriend and from my mom. And then Ryan's mom even still gets us stockings and gifts usually. Um, yeah, so super spoiled. Don't feel like I miss out on any of that. My mom is very clear about what she will spend on us as a couple. So we know what budget we have to work with. And she's very much about asking for what we need. So we know how much there is and what we can ask for. Sometimes we just get a check, which is great. And then my dad and his girlfriend do a lovely job shopping for us and the kids. Neither, none of the grandparents go overboard like that and buy a lot of toys for the kids. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes they'll get like stuff for vacation, mm-hmm. which we're missing this year. Oh, I do. Lo- don't get me wrong. I love that they get stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I, I spend a lot of time on their Christmas list so that it's not just like um, all frivolous plastic yeah. breakable toys. I feel like but- it's hard this year because experiences are such a great gift. 
That's true. I did this year. I wanted them to get skis and a ski pass, but um, we were too late and all the memberships are already sold. But um, yeah, I've got a couple good things on their list. But yeah, this year, Brandon and I are going to buy for each other so that we feel like we can have some excitement, some things to look forward to too. Because we were kind of getting into... Like, remember one year we bought a coffee maker mm-hmm. for each other, and then this year we talked about a hot tub. Um, but it's still, like, not something you're opening Christmas morning. Like, yeah. sometimes it's nice yeah. to just have, like, something to open in a stocking. And sometimes I just buy good. for myself and put it under the tree from Santa. I did order myself a couple <laughs> things from Brandon <laughs> this year. I feel like I need more under the tree, though. So, funny story. When... Brandon and I started dating I was 17 and so then my brothers were like 15 so he 15 13 10 so or even younger nine so my oldest brother the 15 year old did not want Brandon there on Christmas morning because it was like this is like our Our family our thing yeah Yeah, like we don't have anyone else here so that turned into a bit of a thing because we've been dating for four months and Mm -hmm. it was he was like he is not family. But when you were talking about the fire thing, when we moved to that next house when I was 17, then we always had a fire every yeah. year while we opened gifts, which I really love. And then a lot yeah. of the paper goes in the fire. Oh, nice. Uh, when you're opening it. I, uh, funny story, I started dating Ryan Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. So it was actually the 20, it was the 23rd we went to a party and he had dropped me off the 24th, technically because it was after midnight. Okay. And then sitting in my driveway, so I'm 15 and he's 18, Okay. he asked me to be his girlfriend. And then I had Christmas on Christmas Day with extended family and brought him. <gasps> yeah. Wow. How am I going to feel about that when my children are 15 <laughs> and they're like, can I bring my 18-year-old boyfriend to Christmas when we've been dating for five, five minutes? Oh my goodness. So when I was 15, I had an 18-year-old boyfriend too. And um, <laughs> that's actually illegal. Yes. Yeah. Like you can't, you have to be 16 to date someone who's an adult. Yeah. Um, which is also cool. Yeah. <laughs> How were my parents so chill about it? They weren't. No. They couldn't have been. No. You think they're just freaking out in their room and they're like, let's play it cool. I think it'd be really funny to interview them about this now. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If we last and we are around when, our, we're going to be around. <sighs> when we have teenagers, oh man. Like, I'm only six years away from that. Five and a half. We're only five and a half years away from Everly being 15. I'm only three and a half. Teenagers are 13, dude. Right, but when when they're bringing a boyfriend. Oh, gotcha. When they're 15 dating an 18-year-old. Because boyfriends are allowed when you're 13? No, not to come to Christmas. I hope not. True, hope not. I had a boyfriend when I was 13. I had two boyfriends when I was 13. Ryan's going to walk in here and these dogs are going to bark. Okay, let's wrap it up here. I feel like we've had a good chat. Yeah. About Christmas, women working together, friendships changing. Yeah. Yeah. We really hope you have a good season, a good happy holidays, Christmas and New Year. What are you supposed to do for New Year's? I'm going to worry about that later. Yeah. We'll t- yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll just make a podcast New Year's Eve. <laughs> um, leave the Christmas tree emoji if you listen to this whole thing. And Merry Christmas. Have happy a great holidays. day. Have a coffee. Yes. Go for a walk. Make some time for yourself today. Do an inversion. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too.
Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.